This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, victory! Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. Joined as always by Brian Broaddus, former Super Bowl and NFL scout. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. You can also catch him as the pre- and post-game host, co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And uh, you can catch him if you're in uh, Surprise, Arizona right now, by chance, to see the Rangers or the Royals. You can probably catch him at the ballpark. Carefully, you can't show your, your credential. I, I think it says that on there. It says, don't show your credential. <laughs> it wasn't clear enough. You're going to be fine. John Blake is not going to come harm you. How is, uh, how is Rangers spring training right now? And let me first, before we get talking about Rangers spring training, let me introduce Bobby Belt, <laughs> who is uh, on uh, the actually on uh, Sean and RJ with Bobby, uh, mornings 5.30 uh, a.m. to 10. Also the Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan, Love of the Star podcast, a draft show uh, guest as well. And so as you can see, Bobby's like me. He's got kids and he has to have a lot of jobs. So yeah, yes, lots of ba- baseball. Baseball, I, got, I can't show my credential there. Baseball, <laughs> baseball is good. We're doing it. We're having fun. Uh, to be honest with you, Bobby, I'm I'm really having FOMO right now about being at the combine. I yeah. really, really, I'm starting to. You know, we had on Michael Gelkin on our show on 105.3 The Fan had some really interesting thoughts uh, and some analysis too about. And I know we'll get into this about. Guys like Tyron Smith and franchise tags and all this stuff that's going on. So I'm I'm not going to lie, Bobby. I know you're going to the combine this weekend, and I am uh, tremendously jealous right now. If that's the right word, I I think that's the right word. I'll, I'll tell you what, Brian. I will. Uh, I spent I, thirty years. I spent thirty years of my life going to the combine. When was the last time years. you went? Oh, was it nineteen? Yeah, it was it was yeah, I was with DallasCowboys.com. So it was before it was before I started with 1053 the fan. But uh there was a run from from 1992 and, until uh DallasCowboys.com that I was going to the combine. That Indianapolis is one of those cities that you could drop me in the middle of it and I could tell you where everything is. I could get <laughs> you to the I get you to government offices, I could get you to the rest restaurants. I could get you to hotels. I could get you to the best bar. I could get you to the steak and shake. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things I could help you with uh, there in Indianapolis. I, I had to tell uh, Sean Sharif and RJ Choppy, our, our teammates there in uh, in in that 105 through the fan of Dallas, I had to tell them today. And I know you can tell people this. I was telling them, yeah, you know, the a, a ton of free agent deals, trades, all that stuff. That stuff's been orchestrated in a booth at the steak and shake. That, that, that's uh, yeah. people tell you that's one of the power play spots in Indy for, for deals to go down at three in the morning. You could see the who's who of the national football league at the steak and shake standing in line. It is. <laughs> it's one of the most it's I, I wish somebody would do a 30 for 30 documentary on the steak and shake right there at three 30 in the morning. It would be fabulous. It really would be. 
So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go to uh, Steak and Shake. I'll get a double-double. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure to go to Prime 47 for you. And uh, I'll go get some St. Elmo's cocktail sauce. So we'll be completely covered. Uh, and, and I'll make sure that I'm, I'm documenting the entire trip just for you, Brian. Uh, we are getting some news already out of, uh, out of Indianapolis because Stephen Jones uh, talked to the media on uh, Tuesday today and went over a lot of topics. I think the first one that's most important to lead off with, and we talked about it a little bit on the G-Bag Nation today, is what he had to say about Tyron Smith, which I think yeah. was very surprising. We heard, uh, you know, Jerry talk at Senior Bowl and say, yeah, I expect Tyron back. I expect Zeke back. And I think we all just kind of go, okay, it's Jerry talking at Senior Bowl. That is hardly a sure thing just because he says that. But they've had meetings now. And Stephen is not nearly as kind of, flippant with some of those statements sometimes and uh he seemed pretty pretty adamant that they were they they believe that tyron smith will be back talked about how uh you know they they know the money can be worked around if it needs to but uh he's the ultimate team player and when he was asked directly do you expect tyron smith back he said yes and it was almost like there's not even a discussion for us to have he's back next year Brian, are we taking that as 100% from Steven that Tyron's back next year? And if he is, does that mean Tyron Smith is starting at left tackle and Tyler Smith is at left guard? I know when you and I did this show probably two weeks ago, we were doing our shows and uh, we were talking about with Jerry at the Senior Bowl and when they say stuff and they haven't had those meetings and, and, uh, you know, they haven't had those personal meetings where they've talked about what they're going to do with their cap, what they're going to do with uh, their players and all that. And you're kind of like, well, Jerry's just being Jerry. Steven's just being Steven. Then all of a sudden, man, we hear out of Indianapolis today, Tyron Smith. And now I, I want to believe that they've had some of these personnel meetings. I want to believe that they have an idea of who they'd like to tag, who they're going to try and sign. Uh, you know, it, they, they can't sign them all. But there is going to be some really creative stuff that's going to have to happen here for the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, Todd Williams out of Pacifica, uh, Stephen Jones, we mentioned that bus that you're going to walk by there in Indianapolis a bunch. And you're going to see the who's who of the NFL getting on and off that bus. And I, you know, but the Tyron Smith one caught my attention today, Bobby, because there's been a lot of mock drafts that we've seen. Where, where mock mockers have been selecting guards, you know the prominent one has been the guard Torrance from Florida has yeah. been a guy that people, you know, and I I I was kind of like thinking, okay, yeah, cool, here we go, guard, wide receiver, you know, tight end, cornerback, I mean, all these positions, but this if Tyron Smith comes back. And I want to ask you this question, Bobby, because I think yep. I know the answer for this because you were with us on uh, on G-Bag Nation on uh, this uh, Tuesday. Is Tyron Smith a progress blocker for Tyler Smith? Yes. Tyler Smith played better than Tyron Smith did last year. Terrence Steele played better than Tyron Smith did last year. Tyron Smith can't stay healthy. Uh, Tyler Smith kicking inside and playing the left guard like he did for a, a little bit last year was not as good as he was at left tackle. Uh, and if you've got the rare skill set that he does, I, I don't know why you would not totally waste, but guard is not as important as tackle. I, I mean, that's just flat out. I think everybody would prioritize tackle more over guard. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's absolutely a progress stopper uh, because Tyler, Tyler Smith showed a lot of development. And uh, I, I know that I, I made this comparison on GBAC. I slipped up. I heard back on the interview, Brian, and I think I saw your face crinkle and go, who's he talking about? I said Byron Smith. I was talking about Byron Jones. I was getting a bunch right. of this mixed up. But the Cowboys, when they had Byron Jones in here, and they wasted three years of his career at safety instead of playing him in the corner where he should have been all along, I worry that would be the same mistake with Tyler Smith if they did that. would be you're moving this guy inside a guard, and even if it's adequate or it's working out, you're wasting time. Or, or even, to be honest, Lyle Collins was the same question. Lyle Collins was better at right tackle than he was at guard. And and you wasted years of Lyle Collins at guard. And I just, I, I worry that they're going to waste prime years of somebody again at, at, at their, their natural position or at their best position 
in the name of trying to do a veteran a solid or, or because they just can't let go of something, it is two years past time to say goodbye to Tyron Smith. I'm sorry. He's not an elite player anymore. He's a good tackle when he's on, but he's not an elite player anymore, and he can't stay healthy. To me, from a team-building perspective, I just don't see the sense in keeping Tyron Smith around anymore unless he's just okay to be a swing tackle at a cheaper figure. Yeah, Bobby, you know, there was uh, – man, I totally respect everything you're saying. And I'm not, this isn't one of those, but no, sure. I, 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 I do. And the mistake that Brian Broaddus made – here I'm talking to third person. The mistake <laughs> that, that, that I made was feeling like that they were going to be better at right tackle with Tyron Smith playing over there. And they really weren't. They weren't. Yeah. They, they weren't better. And so I kind of feel like that we're to that point now where it's Tyron Smith move on, Ezekiel Elliott move on, and kind of work from there. You know, that that needs to be what's going forward. Uh, whether they believe that or not, it, it sounds like that they don't. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of agree with you. Not I shouldn't say kind of. I agree with you, you know. Put Tyler Smith at, at put Tyler Smith at left tackle. Put uh, you know go steal at right tackle. This sounds like you know I need to get on the the medical train here, and you'll probably bump into some guys at Indy that can help yeah. you better with. But it sounds like that everything is going the right direction for uh, Terrence Steele for coming back. So to me, I'm kind of in that mode right now with go with those young kids, let them be the guys, but don't. Don't make don't make Tyler Smith have to play out of position uh, another year. And, uh, you know, I, I do agree with you on that. Do you – should the Tyron Smith trade have happened two, three years ago? You know, I had some guys in the Gang of Seven. If you're new to the program, I've got what they call my Gang of Seven, which are seven guys and gals around the league that are personnel people, and they uh, – they, they, I, it's like I talked back and forth with them about it. And I, and I remember the one time I was asking about what could you get for Tyron Smith? And there was a couple of them. I think five of them answered me back one time. And it was uh, three of them had second round grades, but that was two years ago, to your point. You know, it was two years ago. But I've also had people in the organization for the Cowboys told me that if they tried to trade Tyron Smith, he would just retire. He, he wouldn't – He would. that would be it. He would be done. So, uh, you know, maybe we're to that point now that if they move on from Tyron Smith, he probably would be done. If, if they tried to trade him, he probably would be done. They probably – you know, the trade would revert back and they wouldn't get the guy that they wanted. But I, I've, I've had it reliably reported to me second-round grades, third-round grades, second-round grades, and then – but then I've also had people, like I said, tell me – Hey, if you trade him, he will retire. Obviously, we know injuries can be a factor, everything else. But given what we've heard from Stephen Jones, the way we look at the draft, breaking out and everything else like that, uh, let's assume everybody's healthy. Mm -hmm. Who is starting at left tackle week one next year? Right now, what's your gut feeling? I think it's got to be Tyron Smith. <laughs> I, think it is, I think it is, too. Which I mean, is I I, I felt pretty confident heading into this offseason, just from discussions I had with people, I felt pretty confident that Tyron Smith's career here in Dallas was over, that, that he may think it's over, that the the Cowboys may think it's over and just say, hey, we need these cap savings. I feel like, and, and again, I'll get a better sense of this once I get out to Indy and you get a chance to talk to some people. People are always a little more, you know, uh, it's a little difficult sometimes to just text some folks and get ideas. They're just, they're more comfortable. They're real so, busy. Yeah, they're real yeah, busy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I feel like something must have shifted in the last month, whether they looked at things. Maybe somebody came in and said, look, you know, Connor McGovern's a free agent. He's going to want more money than we want. We got a lot of holes to fill. Do we really want to have to count on a rookie at left guard? Why don't we just run this back with time? Like maybe that was the conversation, but it feels like something shifted in the last month or so, or they had some sort of epiphany. Maybe, maybe the shift is the new offensive line coach. Maybe Mike Solari says, no, I, I want Tyron Smith here. And then maybe the change is that Joe Philbin's not here anymore. Maybe that's where things have shifted. But 
it does feel a little bit like something changed and we are at this very moment heading towards week one next year is Tyron Smith at left tackle and Tyler Smith at left guard. Yeah, I don't, I don't, when you asked me the question, it really wasn't stunning from what we're hearing right now is, you know, and let's be honest, we got to figure out what's the, what's the first round tender for, uh, for steel. Is that $6 million? Is that what that Let's is? Let's find that out. So he he goes from being basically a uh, almost a, like a <laughs> he goes from being like a million dollar player to getting almost a five million dollar raise if you want to you know if you really want to think about it. But uh, you know, so this offensive line, I mean, I five. I was, it, lo- it looks like it's five point four million. There you uh, go. I also um, think a tender. They, they could also work out a deal still. Uh, again, yeah, I sure, sure. have a better idea about once we get out of Indy. But, uh, and look, they were they were very complimentary of Terrence Steele. Stephen Jones yeah. was. Uh, when he was out there talking to reporters on Tuesday, he said that he's ahead of schedule, that, yeah. uh, you know, they think really highly of him. I, I think he's firmly your right tackle. But it sounds like, at least right now, the Cowboys are operating under the assumption that they're starting tackles next year are Tyron Smith and Terrence Steele. Yeah, I, I kind of get that I get that feeling right now myself, Bobby, especially with what I've heard now. Listen, a lot of things can happen, uh, you know, post-combine, you know, uh, when sure. they start to get into draft. You know, when they get into draft meetings, I think everything kind of, you know, we have that free agency period that is really what, like a couple of weeks, right? There's a yep. big flurry, uh, a frenzy that first week. You know, Jacksonville signs all these players for like a hundred million dollars, and you know all kinds of things kind of. And then the Cowboys or anybody else gets involved. You know, usually the second or third week. But I'm not going to say never. But this this honestly was very surprising. The Tyron Smith news. You know uh, about that that they were they were comfortable with three tackles uh, being a, a part of this. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, before we go further, I need to remind you guys of our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. You guys keep tagging us on social media in your uh, pictures from Boomer Jacks when you're hanging out there getting a nice cold beer or getting some wings or or whatever else, and Brian and I love it. We love to see that you guys are enjoying Boomer Jacks as much as we do. And uh, like I mentioned there, Wings, it is a great spot for Wings, particularly on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in Wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless Wings. But they're great deals the rest of the week at Boomer Jacks. They have drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs, live music, great patio setup at a number of the locations. It is just an awesome atmosphere for whatever it is that you're looking for. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. There. All right, Brian, uh, we'll, we'll do some combine stuff here too. Let's just wrap up a couple of the other takeaways from uh, what Stephen Jones had to say. Uh, said that they are likely to use the tag. Uh, de- declined to say, you know, that it was definitely going to be Tony Pollard, um, but, but did say they were likely to use the tag and the tag was on the table for Tony Pollard, who is the other? Are they, would they tag Schultz again if they need? Yeah. I, I mean, really, we're talking about Pollard here, aren't we? Yeah, I think we are. But I think you also. I mean, this is. I'm just going to throw it out there in a big, just a big blanket, you know. Um, but the numbers 
I think the numbers, because I initially thought that maybe they would think about Vanderesh. That number's north of twenty million dollars. Big number because of the because of the edge rushers. The yeah, three- that that's not that's not going to happen. So I eliminate Vanderesh. Okay, what are you going to pay? How how much do you feel like that? What's Donovan Wilson worth to you? You know, but that number seems to be pretty inflated. You know, when you look at at what a safety uh, a safety could potentially get uh, in this draft as a tag. Uh, and then, so I think you have to look at the tight end again. Now, that would be, if I'm correct, that would be what 125 percent more for Schultz. Yes, which I believe so, he he'd be around 12. I think is what yeah. it would be 12 and a half, something like that. Yeah. So that back to back tag still, but you know, that's. I mean, I'd like to believe this tag is for the 10 million dollars for. Pollard is what I would like to believe, but I think you have to like, you have to look at all the possibilities, eliminate the ones that are too much. And then, uh, and then go from there. I do know this though. Uh, and this is from working 14 years with the Cowboys. They are going to wait. And we saw it with Dak. They are going to wait till the absolute last day before they have to put that tag on there. They, they, yep. they are going to, they are going to try and negotiate this deal with Tony Pollard in a way that they don't have to use this tag, but they will use it. But I guarantee you it will come in the final dying breaths as they try and get a deal, <laughs> as they try and get a deal done. The uh, couple other points from uh, Stephen Jones talked about his confidence in Mike McCarthy calling the plays. The interesting note probably out of that discussion is that Stephen Jones says Mike McCarthy approached them about calling plays. This was not their own idea, that this is something that Mike McCarthy brought the subject up on. Uh, So that sounds a little bit, I I know we've discussed a little bit here on the show, uh, that seems to confirm Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore did not see eye to eye, and Mike McCarthy wanted to change, and Kellen Moore probably wanted to change just as much. Bobby, this very well could might be about Mike McCarthy wanting to help Brian Schottenheimer. Hmm. You know, and... And by him saying, yes, I want to call the plays, that by that happening, that moved on from Kellen Moore. And something had to be done. I mean, listen, let's be honest. This offense was not that bad. I mean, when you start to talk about metrics and you start to talk about scoring and you start talking about yards per play – Kellen Moore ran a pretty darn good offense. He really, really did. And how quickly, you know, the Chargers get rid of Joe Lombardi, and then here comes Kellen Moore. Like, like it was like boom, boom. It was like, yeah. it was like Kellen Moore knew that he was done, and he was already talking to the Chargers about that situation. But this, this could be when Mike McCarthy's all said and done. Uh, when that day, I bet you if he's walking out the door is you took over the play calling to help Brian Schottenheimer, didn't you? I've just, I, there's a sneaky, there's a sneaky side of me that's thinking that he didn't want to lose Brian Schottenheimer to anything that he wanted to coach with Brian Schottenheimer. And the fact that, that Brian Schottenheimer's dad did Mike McCarthy a huge favor when he was starting out as a coach yeah, I feel like this is very much payback for that opportunity. And Mike's like, listen, I'll call plays, but who? this is who the coordinator – and look who the quarterback coach is, Scott Tolzien, another guy yeah. he was with, you know. So I, I just have a feeling this was very much a – I'll call the plays, and I'm doing this to help Brian Schottenheimer get that OC job. Uh, does it interest you at all? And this is something I, I uh, had whispered to me uh, earlier this week. Does it interest you at all that Brian Schottenheimer did not go to Indianapolis with the coaching staff? Yeah, we're kind of hearing the whispers. So we had Michael Gelkin on today. It sounded like a lot of coaches stayed back. They, they were, that's, you know, the, the, their coaches go into the senior bowl. I don't think this is a big Mike McCarthy thing. I think this goes back to the Green Bay days. Now, Mike, was, now Mike is there. Mike is in, in Indy. Right, he is, and he will speak on Wednesday. 
Yes, so he'll he'll we, speak the day yeah. that this is released. Yeah, so you'll be able to hear you'll be able to hear the comments of Mike McCarthy and uh, Mike is. I don't think Mike is really big on sending coaches and letting it be a coaches convention kind of a thing. You know, where your coaches talk to other coaches and that, 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 that. I don't think Mike is really, really big on that. And I know back in the Green Bay days when I was working, but that was Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson, who was the GM, who, you know, we used to send the coaches from Green Bay and Mike and them, I think Mike and them did send the coaches. Maybe there was a couple of times where they didn't, but I always got the feeling that Mike wasn't really interested in the senior bowl coaches and then the combine coaches. I, I didn't feel like that was something. And yeah, he's the, the, the offensive coaches are staying behind uh, in order to uh, in order to implement uh, the game plan and get things together. So when they can hit the ground running, when OTAs and minicamps start, uh, which will be here before you know it. Which yeah, will it'll it'll you know. it'll be here in a flash. Two more quick notes, and then we'll we'll talk a little combine, and we'll we'll really flesh out the combine later this week when I'm in Indy. We'll report some stuff there. Uh, but uh, Dak's contract situation on an extension. Uh, mm-hmm. Stephen Jones has this week talked about how they'd like to get one done, uh, but he also said that they have not started negotiations there, and he was a little coy about it when he was asked about, you know, how they expect things to go. And he goes, ah, I, don't know. I think we'll just wake up one day and it's done. Well, I think we all know that's not the way deals get done, uh, but they're clearly – Not with Todd France, no. No, well, not with Todd France, not with the Cowboys. Nothing just wakes up and gets done. There, there's, there's a process here. Um, but Brian, your, uh, your best guess, do you think we get a Dak Prescott extension this off season? Man, I think that there's Bobby. I, I think they're going to try. I think they're going to try. Now I will say this, this is just me thinking out loud because it happened before. Mm-hmm. I feel like though, if it gets contentious, Dallas will try and go short. Dallas will try and go short on the deal on the years. Just let it lie. Yeah. They'll, they'll go short on the years. They won't, you know, they won't. Okay. If we have to play short, they did it in this past contract. You know, it got a little, they couldn't get a, they couldn't get a six year deal. They couldn't get a 10 year deal like Mahomes or any of that stuff. You know, they couldn't get that. What did they do? They went short. I, I would not be surprised just from dealing with this agent and how they've kind of gone through this, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I wouldn't be surprised them going just on a, a two-year deal to try and make things work a little better. And then, look, let's be very honest here. Uh, when you say this agent, um, they would probably deny this if, if they got asked about this. The fact of the matter is the Dallas Cowboys have never been fans of Todd France. They, they don't like negotiating and, with and, and and listen, I hope this doesn't get out and people have. No, 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 no. Here's, here's we're not, we're not, no, no. This is us talking. Yeah, and I, sure. and, and I, I, I do believe, you know, I do believe the Cowboys have a, the Cowboys are not a bad team to deal with. Steven no. and Jerry, they will give you, if you, you hold out, they will usually they'll, they, they kind of, they'll kind of say, okay, they'll come to the table with you. But this, this agent, and I'm saying it because this is me talking, not the Dallas Cowboys, not anybody telling me to say this. This agent is not easy to deal with. And you know what? Dak should be happy with that. Oh, yeah. Dak. No, no. Let's 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 be honest about that. If the Cowboys don't like negotiating with him, the Cowboys don't like the Iron fans, but that means Todd France is very good at his job. Todd, Todd France negotiate. Yeah. They, 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 it's tougher, but – the, the fact of the matter remains, are, are the Cowboys like eager to jump into negotiations with Todd France on players? No, they're not. And that's just the case. And it's because Todd France is, is, is a bulldog. He can be, he can be difficult. On, yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's what his clients. But so could Steven Jones and so could yep. Adam Pacifica. They could be difficult too. Yep. That, that's exactly the case. Uh, and then last note here, the question was asked about CeeDee Lamb and Trayvon Diggs and whether they would be getting contract extensions this offseason or they'd be entertaining those. Stephen Jones said, yep, we're always entertaining these. He did note, and I don't know if this was a, a, a an ominous tone exactly, uh, but, but or, or if it's indicative of what he knows Trayvon Diggs' agent and CeeDee Lamb's agents are thinking, but he did say that, you know, in, in recent years, he's noticed a shift where players are less willing to engage on extension talks early. That, that just because he said back in the day, as soon as they became open to it, they were ready to talk. He said nowadays, because of perceived leverage or whatever else, a lot of players will not 
are not ready to come to the table in good faith negotiation right there. Not a criticism from Stephen Jones, just a, I think something he noticed in a shift in the way that players negotiate their deals. Um, but that sounds like uh, he at least has an expectation that there, there may be some difficulties in, in trying to get guys extended this offseason. Okay, let me let me throw something at you, Robert, because you did a great job of of you know coming up with contract numbers uh, last week for our linebacker. You know, that, yep. Uh, so Bobby I'm Wagner, throw, yep. Bobby Wagner, I'm gonna throw this one at you. You ready for this? Yeah. Big picture. Mm-hmm. Cowboys move the 26th pick to the Buffalo Bills for Stephon Diggs with the thought that if they get his brother on the Cowboys, that maybe it will be easier for them to get Trayvon Diggs signed up. It's not a, it's not a bad thought. Uh, it's a, it could be an interesting play. I'll throw another one right back at you. The Cowboys <laughs> decide they don't want to engage in trade or uh, extension negotiations with Trayvon Diggs. And they say, you know what? Let's pay Jalen Ramsey. We'll swap you Diggs for Ramsey. Okay, let me tell you this then. I gang of seven. I heard a first, I heard a second, and I heard a third. But all three of my guys said this. This one might, and this was a guy who told me about maybe a third round for Ramsey. He said it might be that the Rams want to get away from the contract so much that they're willing just to take what they whatever they can get. But I had a guy say, hey, mate, it's going to maybe cost you a first. Another guy say it was going to second. But the one guy who said the third, he feels like that the Rams are just trying to get out of the contract. But they also, all of them also said Ramsey wants a new deal. That's. Oh yeah. Ram, Ramsey, Ramsey, my guess is Ramsey wants about 65 million in cash over the next three years. It'd be an expensive contract. And so you'd be, but it would basically be a decision of, well, we'd rather pay Ramsey than pay Diggs. Uh, and you can make it. Now, I would not argue for that. I think Diggs has a, the next five years, I'd rather have Trayvon Diggs than Jalen Ramsey. But if they have concerns about Diggs, it's just something to Dig, kick around. Diggs and Diggs. Diggs and yeah. Diggs. May, make picture. that happen too. Make that happen too. All right. So we do have the NFL scouting combine going on this week. Uh, defensive linemen and linebackers workout. Oh, wait, real quick, real quick, Bobby, real quick, if I could circle yeah. back on that real quick. Yeah, uh, Steve, Stephen Jones did say from the combine that they are working on something big, and Michael Gelkin said the same thing. Well, excuse me, Gelkin said it, and I think Stephen was kind of talking about it as a possibility. But Michael Gelkin, who's very plugged into this team, we talked about him, Todd Archer, very plugged in. You know, a lot of talented writers, men and women here. But Gelkin, yeah. I wonder if Gelkin off, you know, off to the side got somebody to tell him, hey, they're working on a big, big deal. That's why I threw the Diggs name out there. Maybe one of these wide receivers or something like that. You know, but that's a very Yeah, that's the case. And yeah. It's a very interesting proposition. Uh they they definitely uh I, I think are are motivated to make this football team better. Now, how they interpret that and how they interpret making the football team better may be different than how the fans would interpret it. But I think it's probably Odell Beckham. It's probably just Odell Beckham. I think there is is a sense from this football team, though, of like, we need to change some stuff. Now, now, how that plays out, how it looks, may be defined differently, like I said, by the Cowboys than from the fans or from the analysts. But I think that they are are motivated to make something happen, make something change. Now, uh, we have the defensive linemen and the linebackers working out Thursday, defensive backs on Friday, quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends on Saturday, and then the running backs and the offensive linemen on Sunday. What is your uh, your big interest as you head into the combine here? I'll tell you what. I never would have believed this in 1992, Robert, when I first went to the combine. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, why would anybody want to watch this on TV? <laughs> yeah. It will be one of the most watched events over the weekend. And look how they scheduled, look how they scheduled the combine. The last group that used to work out forever was the tight ends. Now look what they've got. They've got all the skilled guys on the weekends, quarterbacks, yep. wide receivers, tight ends. Then you look at the defensive backs on that last day. It's all about it's all about generating the revenue. I mean that's it's about sponsors. This combine, I don't recognize this combine anymore. 
I don't. I honestly don't. But I'd love to be a part of it. I would love to be a part of like going through the process of the interviews and the watching the players work out and all that. But man, this is a made for TV event. But when I was sitting in the Hoosier Dome in 1992, I'm like, why in the hell would anybody want to watch this on TV? <laughs> but they do. They love it. So who's who's your number one guy you're interested to see test this week? Oh, man, that's a great question because, uh, you know, there's so many different positions that – because I'm interested in what the Dallas Cowboys could do, you know, at 26. And I've seen some mock drafts, you know, with and some of these wide receivers like Jackson Smith and Jigba – I, what does he really run? I mean, if, if you know, some of these players, I'm trying to kind of get a gauge where guys are going to be on this board. And I'm trying to get a gauge of like speed's too good, speed's too good, not enough speed, maybe right there. So I think that to me, I, I know it's a, a big, broad picture of an answer, but I'm honestly interested in these, these like 337-pound guys. You know, are we going to get one of these defensive tackles that tests through the roof? Are we going to get one of these guards? I don't know about the guards. I think it's kind of a down list. But I'm, there's always somebody that just catches your attention. I, I'll tell you what, man, the, the kid the kid from Georgia, the, the quarterback, Ringo. Keely Ringo. I, I wonder with that kind, of, that kind of size, is he, you know, can he get himself back in the mix with Gonzalez? Uh, you know, from from Oregon, Porter from Penn State, Witherspoon from Illinois. You know, uh, can he put himself in that mix? I'm interested to see with Bijan Robinson how great he looks. You know, I mean, is is Bijan Robinson going to force somebody to take him a lot earlier uh, than than probably you know people want to? But Stephen Jones talked about it. You're looking at a, a guy that you pick in the top 14. Maybe it's a 10-year guy. Behind that, you know, maybe it is that one contract guy. But I, I'm I'm really interested in these backs. I'm interested in the corners. And I'm interested in, like I say, the Smith and Jigbas and guys like that. I will, uh, just as we wrap up this segment here, I will give you uh, two guys that are, are really worth watching in terms of their athleticism and the way they test this week. Christian Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon, is going to test really, really well by all accounts. And then the other name, maybe a lot of people are not on as much in terms of how well he'll test. Byron Young from Tennessee is supposed to test really well. He's a good-looking – I'll tell you what, though. Byron, Byron Young is a good-looking player when you watch him on tape. Now, I think the thing with Byron Young is, is what's interesting about him – is there's times where, you know, he he doesn't always play to the level. But, you know, you talk about the burst. You talk about the quickness. He can capture the edge. He'll, he's a dipper. Uh, you know, he can free himself. He's got that length. Uh, you know, he can play with his hands. I, I think, you know, the the bulk part of it for him, how, how strong, you know, I, I'm the measurements I'm working off of, was 6'3", 245 pounds from Tennessee. And I think there was times against really good competition. The games, you can watch him. You can watch him against Georgia. You can watch him against Alabama. And you can kind of get an idea of how he's going to play. But, man, I, 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 he's, a, he's an interesting cat for sure. I like what you're saying about him. Funny because funny he wears that number six defensively mm-hmm. with that single, that single digit number on you right there. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can get it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we go further, I need to remind you guys of our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. You guys keep tagging us on social media in your uh, pictures from Boomer Jacks when you're hanging out there getting a nice cold beer or getting some wings or or whatever else. And Brian and I love it. We love to see that you guys are enjoying Boomer Jacks as much as we do. And uh, like I mentioned there, wings. It is a great spot for wings, particularly on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they're great deals the rest of the week at Boomer Jacks. They have drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs, live music, great patio setup at a number of the locations. It is just an awesome atmosphere for whatever it is that you're looking for. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. There. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love the Star mailbag. Our, our first, uh, it's not even a question. It's just a comment here. And when we can uh, kick around, it's uh, from a uh, good buddy, Vach Lombardi. He says, the Cowboys' recent success in developing players gives me confidence in drafting developmental high traits, guys. If they can take Micah, a rusher, and Tyler, a tackle, I feel good about them drafting players like Ringo, Foskey, Voorhees. Not even a question. Love the show. I think that's a good point, specifically on Ringo. If they took Ringo, I know there'd be a lot of people that'd be upset about that. This is Keeley Ringo, the cornerback from Georgia. Georgia. Um, if they took Ringo, that's a guy that I know a lot of people go, oh, I don't know, he's kind of raw. But, you know, they're right. They've taken guys like Diggs and, and Micah Parsons and Tyler Smith, and they've had success with guys that were raw and they've been able to take the traits and put them together as real football players. And so I think that should give you confidence if you end up with a Keely Ringo at some point. Yeah. I mean, Keely Ringo is as good looking. And by the way, Vach, thank you so much. I, I, I personally, I know Bobby does too. Loves your work. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys do a hell of a job of, of spreading the good word, being fair, being honest. So, you know, thumbs up to you all the time, my friend. Uh, I think the thing with Ringo is he is a good looking kid, you know, and when he when he can read routes and he's going forward, he can make plays. I think he really does a good job with his eyes. I think he can carry guys inside through the trash and not get picked off. And this is a big man. I mean, this is a big man of going out and going and getting the football and the size really, really helps him here. This guy's made big, big plays throughout his career, you know. But I, I think there's some things where people will say, well, you know, where's the catch-up speed? Because there was a couple of games where I thought the catch-up speed was a little bit of question. And you watch the LSU game, which was the SEC championship game, and it looked a little shaky at that point in time. He didn't look as steady as we've seen him look in the past. But I, I – I, I think you could play this guy up back. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's he's going to he's going to step up and get his nose in the action. Not always the great tackler, but the size has to be something that Dan Quinn and this this staff absolutely loves. I really like this question here uh, from Courtney Schroeder. Where would Jalen Tolbert go in this wide receiver class? I bet I bet I bet he goes in the, based off of the evaluation we knew from him coming out last year in this particular class I think Tolbert could go in the second round. Yeah, the problem is like if I look at third round guys and me personally it's probably a little bit because of my these guys are probably going to get picked higher than where I have them. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think about Zay Flowers being 5-9, he's probably better than a a third round player, but I'm kind of stuck there. Patrick Washington from Penn State, another guy. Rice from SMU is another guy. I mean, I'm talking about my second round guys, Smith and Jigba, Ohio State, Downs from North Carolina, Boutte. Okay, folks, don't pile on me. I, I think he's a better player than what's happened to him throughout his career at LSU. I think LSU does a really good job. And I know it's my alma mater. I think somebody's going to take Boutte and he's going to work just fine. 
Scott from Cincinnati is another guy that I really, really like. He's a guy that might fly at this combine too. But those are kind of my second-round guys. But I kind of feel like that I would have him in the mix, you know, with with the guys more in that third-round group. So I'd kind of have him in that spot is, is I think where I would, I would take him if you, if you want to be honest. Uh, next question here from Casey. Casey wants to know, uh, I'm interested if Brian could describe the atmosphere and the scene in the war room on draft day. Brian, what's it like uh, in the war room? Well, it's funny because the one draft I ran in 1998 was with the Philadelphia Eagles. And we had the 11th overall pick. And uh, we knew we were going to take Trey Thomas, the tackle uh, from Florida State. Dallas took Greg Ellis ahead of us. I remember going into the post game uh, or the post uh, draft talking about Trey Thomas. And they're like, you know, Dallas has drafted a defensive end. I had a lot of respect for Greg Ellis uh, there. So, you know, just talking about it. But I re- I'll never forget because uh, Jeff Lurie, the owner of the team, his wife was sitting next to me in the room and the, and as the drafts were is going on, it's a very quiet, it's very, a lot of, you know, I mean, not a lot of chatter, you know, you kind of just watch it go and you're like, you have a little conversation and we got close to our pick and I'll never forget Mrs. Lurie leaning over to me and goes, Brian, did you try the omelet station today before the draft? And I said, Mrs. Lurie, you know what? I thought the omelet station was excellent, but I had the crepes. The crepes look just so good. Mrs. Lurie and I are having a conversation. The room is dead quiet. Like Jeff Lurie owner, Mike Lombardi, Ray Rhodes, we're all sitting there. Scouts are all behind us. And me and Mrs. Lurie are having a conversation about crepes. And uh, I, I think she knew. I think she knew. I think she sensed that it was getting close, and she did it in a way just to re- relax. I've been in a lot of rooms yeah. in Green Bay where, like, Ron Wolf, Hall of Fame general manager, and, you know, uh, the the Cowboys took uh, Shante Carver. Uh, in a, Arizona in a State. Arizona State. And I'll never forget John Math, who was our director of college scouting at the time, he said in the pre-draft meetings, he said, Shante Carver will never be able to put on weight. He never would put on weight. He's a, he was a tall, thin guy. And we all go, well, John, why is he not going to put on weight? And he goes, he's a chronic dipper. He dips. Skull. You know? Yeah. Constantly had a huge dip in his mouth. And so he had gum problems. So gum problems led to teeth problems. So he didn't want to eat. The kid would never eat because it hurt. Had, it hurt. So he never oh. could put on weight. So here we are like, you know, we have Shantae Carver down on the board, like down, down, down. And I'll never forget Dallas picks him and Ron Wolf. I mean, we all just kind of just go, everybody just, you know, you could hear a kind of a collective just, you know. Oh. And because they, so, there was still a belief in Dallas as an infallible scouting group. Is exactly. That like- exactly. So we're in the draft room and Ron Wolf goes, gentlemen, I hope we weren't wrong about that guy. And sure enough, it was. You know, Shante Carver was just okay. But the war room to kind of go through it, it's a very all, you know, you're fielding calls, you're kind of cheap, you know. I'll never forget real quick. I'm sorry, I'm telling a lot of stories here. No, you're good. That's the the whole point. But the Demarcus Ware draft in 05, the morning of the draft, we determined we were going to take Ware. And that's what Parcells was like, you know, Parcells wasn't too happy. So we take Ware with the pick. And then we had Buffalo's pick, which was the 20th overall pick. So we were going. So Jerry's telling Bill about, go get Marcus Spears. Well, I'm working in pro personnel, and Jerry looks at me and goes, uh, Brian, who's ahead of us at 20 that could potentially take a defensive end? I said, you got to worry about Minnesota at 18, and you got to worry about Cincinnati at 19. Erasmus James went at 18, and David Pollock went at 19. And both times it was like, the Minnesota Vikings take defensive end and we all just went, and then it was, <laughs> but yeah. And then, you know, we, we were able to get Spears and Bill was happy. Everybody was happy, but you're doing a lot of legwork. You're doing a lot of looking at the board. You're trying to stay ahead of the, tra- the, the trade charts. 
in case somebody calls, you want to be able to hand Jerry a piece of paper to say, that's not good enough. Ask for this. You just want to be totally prepared uh, as you do this, uh, as you work. But I, and, I've, talked uh, about, I've talked about trades. I've talked about crepes in a war room. <laughs> and and uh, you, you nailed it with Spears because Spears was better than Erasmus James and David Pollock. Now, David Pollock had an injury situation. David Pollock, yeah. Career early, but uh, still. Uh, just a little bit of time left here. So final question here, Brian. Uh, question from Jacob. We, we always hear the term Dak friendly. Who is the most Dak friendly weapon in this draft that's realistic at 26 to you? It depends on which probably what one of those tight ends that you want. I think Smith and Jimmy, the wide receiver from Ohio State, I think he catches the ball really, really well. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I you know, when you watch him, it's, it's the soft tissue injuries and stuff are a problem at Ohio State. But you could throw in that Utah game, that Rose Bowl game, and you could watch, you know, and we're all, I mean, we are all falling in love you know, with C.J. Stroud, but one of the greatest games, you know, with him, uh, Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Stroud, that Utah, that, that that Rose Bowl game was just absolutely incredible with the plays. I think any one of these tight ends, I think the tight end Mayer from Notre Dame, Musgrave, I think from Oregon State, Kincaid from Utah, I, I think any one of these tight ends are very, very friendly when it comes to catching the football very solid hands. You can't go wrong. I, I think the, the wide receiver group might might not be as deep, but you know, there's some guys that can catch the football. I think all those tight ends, and I will see about Washington from Georgia as being that guy. Man, that's a huge man playing. That guy's gonna end up playing tackle. I don't care yeah, what he's playing tackle, this, bro. This this <laughs> might be this might be our uh my Second look at a guy like Jason Peters. When Jason Peters came out of Arkansas, he was a tight end, and then they made him an offensive tackle. Washington from Georgia potentially could be that guy. I just like Mayer, Musgrave, Kincaid. I think they're all really – I'll tell you what. I'll tell you he's a very Dak-friendly – could be a very Dak-friendly player. B. John Robinson can you know? We don't know how realistic that is at 26, though. (laughs) That's the only – Gibbs from Alabama. Gibbs yeah. from Alabama, uh, very friendly, friendly player. Throwing the football. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a Dak friendly receiver. Although I don't, it depends on how many West Coast concepts they put in here, and things like that. But if you want to just talk about smooth route running, ability to get separation, and is a clean technician, uh, to me that's Jordan Addison, the receiver from USC. That's a guy who I think is a, a really strong route runner. You said you said realistically, didn't you? He's uh, Jordan Addison. Who knows? Somebody may go. He weighs one hundred and fourteen pounds. I don't. I don't want to take him in the top twenty. Uh, but I mean, Devonte Smith has already changed. Hey. There's a lot of 100. There are a lot of 180 pound wide receivers in this draft. Trust That's me. true. They're, 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 hey, you know what? There's a lot of there's there's a lot of 170 pound corners too. So it's cover, it's, each, other. cover each other. Exactly. That's perfect. It, it doesn't matter. The whole generation is going to come up with each other. All right, that does it for us here on the Love of the Star. We will be back with you guys again later this week. Hopefully, with some uh, interesting notes out of combine and uh, hearing some some more chatter about where the Cowboys are headed this offseason. Until then, we will talk to you guys later.